You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Lisa Keefe, editor in chief of Meeting Place and Alt Meat. Welcome to this month's Meeting Pod episode dedicated to the meat alternatives market. Support for this podcast comes from ADM. People who make food the center of their lives and livelihoods have a special relationship with the ingredients they bring together for the meals they make. So I wondered, how is that relationship developing with alternative meats as the protein ingredient? I asked Michael Formicella. Michael is a chef and president and co-owner of Cella Foods, where he leads food product development for clients. He also is a blogger for Alt Meat's sister publication, Meeting Place. So Michael looks at the meat and Alt Meat markets from a unique perspective. Michael, welcome to Meeting Pod. First, uh, from a chef's point of view, what have you seen and felt as you've watched the Alt Meat market emerge and grow? Well, that's a really good question. You know, I've seen the whole channel grow dramatically, like from the Boca Burger back in 1993, all the way up to 2014, when I believe it was Ethan Brown started Beyond Meat and came out and told everybody it was going to replace the beef world because of uh, plant-based and it was more sustainable and everything. I think there's a place for alt meat in the market. I think as people People become more and more aware. It, it's just a matter of changing or adapting to n- new ideas, new technology. People are are somewhat interested. They want to take the small step into the plant based world, and you know. And I think as people become more aware and more versed, and they actually taste the product, there'll be a greater acceptance of it. I don't think it'll ever replace animal protein, at least not in our house, but, you know, some of the recent products that are hitting the market as far as plant-based fried chicken or some of the, I'm, I'm really curious to see where they, where they take this actually to the next level, whether it's seafood. I heard there was talk about doing a, a plant-based seafood shrimp product. But uh, getting back to the original question, where does it fit in with center of the plate? I think once people are exposed to it, that they have an opportunity to taste it, that there'll be a greater acceptance for it. And as it becomes more mainstream, there certainly is a big push for plant-based products that you see on a daily basis in the market. I know you've cooked with the new plant-based alt meats yourself. So tell me about that. What worked and what didn't and what you do differently next time? I noticed a difference, uh, but it's funny you should say that. Uh, I did a dish, a pasta dish with some, like a bolognese style, and uh, didn't tell any of our, our guests that were eating, and everybody truly enjoyed the, the meal. And I, and I after the meal, I said, so what did you think about the meat sauce? Oh, it was delicious. You know, what did you use? Veal? Did you use beef and veal? What did you, you know, what did I, so I used, uh, impossible or beyond meats 
Italian sausage out of the casing and browned it up and put it in there. And they're like, no way. I go, yeah, it was a plant-based. It was plant-based and, and you thought it was meat. They were like, we have never guessed that. So, you know, from that point of view, it makes me think, hey, this could actually be something to kind of consider as you go forward. I don't think you can be everything to everybody, but certainly if they bring the price of it further down than beef, I think right now it's even a little higher than beef. So it's not, there really isn't a, a push to go back and forth between meat or plant-based, but I think it has a place. You said it won't replace conventional meat at your house, but do you think it will find a place there at least some of the time? Oh, yeah, I do. Maybe once a month, <laughs> not as frequently as some of our, our vegetarian or flexitarian friends tend to put it more into rotation into their stuff, their meal periods. But yeah, I do. I think I like to have diversity, so we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll fit in to our meal periods. All meats, primarily in the form of soy burgers, have been around for decades. So what do you think of this newest generation and the technology that makes it more like meat? Do you think of it as a really cool technology, or do you think of it as frankenfood? You know, it's funny you should say that, because I, I originally would have thought of it as frankenfood, but as I've become, like I said, I'm, I'm new to the game of all meats and just getting immersed into it. One of the, the burger chains, the national chains that took this on, were substituting it out during a, a taste trial, and people were eating the burger, and they were like, uh, did you know that was plant-based? They're like, no way, I thought it was a real burger. Well, it's acting like a real burger, and it has the mouthfeel of a real burger, and the and it's actually a, a fairly clean taste. And, and it's funny that when you talk to some of the people that have delved into this, they can see the difference between when they go back to a, a meat based or animal protein burger versus the alt meat one. And, and some of them say it's a, a cleaner taste. I think, again, when you look at the direction that they're heading, whether it's chicken or seafood, I'll be more impressed when they're able to make a brisket and I can throw that on my grill and I can get it to perform like you know, Texas barbecue. I think that would be a wow factor for me. But, you know, so far they've, they've kept it fairly small. You know, the patty, four ounce patties or the sliced chicken breast or the nuggets or whatever. But I think as they move towards whole muscle, like size of whole muscles, it's going to be interesting. We'll return to our conversation in a moment after a word from our sponsor, ADM. Discover what's next in plant nutrition with unique, customizable NutriFlex systems from ADM. From protein-forward blends to fully finished turnkey products, NutriFlex systems are integrated plant-forward solutions and services that can help you deliver what the market demands, no matter your production and manufacturing requirements. Get the edge your business needs for game-changing solutions at an accelerated speed-to-market pace. Harness our expertise today. Visit adm.com slash protein systems. ADM, your edge, our expertise. And now back to the podcast. Most of the products on the market so far are plant-based. Do you feel differently about the prospect of cultivated meat or fermented meat substitutes hitting the market? 
Well, I know that that recently, in the last probably three to five years, personally, I've been delving more into a lot of uh, fermented style products because I think they they added another layer, another dimension. So, based upon what I understand from like the impossible burger and stuff like that there is a percentage of the process that's used is a fermentation of a, a type i'm not fearful of it because i think that you know as long as they're transparent in how to a point obviously they have their patented formulations but as far as how they present it to the public I'm I'm not fearful of it. You've written a couple of blogs for Meeting Place on the battle for the consumer's share of mind between conventional meat and meat alternatives. Why is it a battle, do you think? Isn't there room for both types of proteins in consumers' baskets? That's a really interesting question because consumer preferencing has always been really one of the things that draws me to wanting to be a blogger and, and trying to understand, and from a product developer, even more so trying to, to decipher what's going to be the next thing that actually gets accepted by the masses and actually can be produced and, and show a return for investment. I think the perception of how they market this, they it's almost like uh, good versus evil. And, uh, you know, the beef industry is very, very guarded in regards to where's the beef. And then the plant-based guys are like, well, hey, you know, there's room for us, but overall, we know we're going to be sustainable and you're going to go away. And, you're, and it, I think it's just the way they position themselves between the two. I go back to, you know, what's going to make somebody want to try an all plant-based product. And first of all, it's got to be taste, price, the ingredients that go into it, is it something that they're familiar with? Uh, you know, the big push has been to go cleaner, to have ingredients that don't take 27 syllables to pronounce. First of all, they're either saying it's got to taste good. It's got to look like something that I can identify with. And it, and again, the price has to be equal to or, or less than. So that that would be a you know, I think one of the, the main things. Do you think consumer interest will increase as younger consumers grow up with these products and are out shopping for growing households? Well, I think, you know, the millennials and the Gen Zs and Ys and Xs are becoming a lot more tuned into what we're doing to the pra- uh, planet versus some of the boomers and being a boomer. It's uh, I can say, yeah, I, I was aware of it, but I, you know, I like driving, driving my truck. Uh, would I move from a, a gas truck to a, an electric truck? Eh, possibly if it was affordable, you know. Uh, so change is slow, and not often do people like to change. They're creatures of habit, it, you know, and that translates to when do they go to the grocery store? They're going to aisle three because unless they're TJ Maxx or Trader Joe's where they move stuff around all the time, they know they're going to go to third shelf on the left-hand side to pick up X, Y, Z, and they have their routine down. So I I think it's going to be interesting. But I do agree. I think as people become more and more aware of what's happening 
and we get a little more push the government being a little more engaged in in climate change and regulations do transition to possible better environment choices that we make you might see that become more and more of a of, of a factor with restaurants reopening nationwide, we will see more alt-meats on menus this summer. I look forward to seeing what new alt-meat dishes the chefs will come up with. Thanks to Michael Formicella for giving us his point of view on this developing market. You can read his blogs about alt-meat and conventional meat at meetingplace.com, spelled M-E-A-T-I-N-G-P-L-A-C-E dot com. Thanks also to our sponsor, ADM, for their support of today's podcast. To subscribe to Alt Meat Magazine and to our weekly Alt Meat News newsletter, go to our website at alt-meat.net. Until next time, I'm Lisa Keefe. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.